0: This is the Self Help Place Podcast, the show that provides real self help for everyone. Created and hosted by Dan Dyson. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the Self Help Place Official Podcast. This is episode 15, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about mental models and how we can use these to pretty much handle anything that comes our way. So, what is a mental model? All a mental model is, is just an explanation of how something works. It's like a framework, if you like, a worldview that we carry around in our minds to help us interpret what we see around us in the world and understand the relationship between things. Uh, Essentially, they're deeply held beliefs about how the world works. Now, there's many advantages and disadvantages to these, which we'll go on to in this episode. Um, But what we're going to be getting out of today, by the end of this episode is we will know how to build mental models for ourselves that will handle situations in a way where we don't panic for for a start, because panic is the one destroyer of good thinking, I think. Um, And we'll also be learning about what mental models to avoid, because not all mental models are good, as you can imagine. Um, And we will go on to that as well and how we can tackle them. So I'm going to start off with an example of a mental model that most of us use Today And that is driving a car. Remember when you first learned to drive a car. The first thing you did was sit in the car and your instructor told you what everything does inside the car. You of course knew what a steering wheel was um, and wheels and things like that. But you're talking about more things that you need to know as a driver. So where the lights are, how to turn windscreen wipers on, uh, changing gear, using the clutch, things like that. So that was the very start point, was to know where everything is. That was the beginning of the model. Think of a model as like building a house. You got the foundation first, and then you got into the routine of actually driving. So what you might have done, you might have gone to some empty or at least quiet car park somewhere and you would have learned the basics and got into the routine of turning the engine on and if you were driving manual or stick as it's called in some countries you would uh, put the clutch down put it into first gear and very gently learn the relationship between the clutch and the acceleration not to stall the car. Um, automatic it would have been a slightly easier because you put it into drive and you go but you're still learning the basics of, of driving. And then over time, you progress in like learning road rules and learning traffic rules and things like that and using roundabouts. It's not it's not as common in different countries, but in the UK especially, we're roundabout central. Um, and we learn how to use those, what lanes need to be in, indication, things like that. Um, and just, just general rules, highway code, rules of the road, and all heading towards that dreaded test. So over time, as we're learning, we're building this model of how everything works and how everything works together. So, then comes the day of your driving test. Now, a driving test exam dude gets in the car. I didn't know why I couldn't think of the word there for (laughs) what those guys are called, Um, but your assessor, if you like, gets in the car, gives you an idea where you'll be going, and then tells you, right, I want you to uh, reverse and and then drive out of this. You know what? It's funny. It's been so long. I've forgotten exactly what the actual driving test guys tell you. But uh, basically, you go out and you do your test. And you're using the the knowledge you learnt to try and pass the test. Now, here's the thing. If you didn't have a mental model in place, which is quite natural for most of us, you wouldn't know where to go. You'd panic. You, you wouldn't know which knowledge went where and what to use where and this, that and the other. What A part of a mental model is having situational knowledge. So because you've been understanding the relationship between the parts of the car and the driving itself, you've learned that, oh, if this situation comes up, then I need to take this action. And this is the absolute key point with mental models and how they work. And this is how you grow them in other areas and develop them, is that you, for every situation that comes across, so you know, before your test, your driving instructor might take you out first before you to give you like a te- like a practice run, if you like. And he might say something like, OK, what do you do in this situation? What do you do in this situation? And that's what the mental model is. It's, it's knowing that in this case, this is what I'm going to do. And that's what really helps with preparation. I, I believe that's what preparation is all about. It's knowing what to do in situations without panicking. Now, driving tests here in the UK, they're especially difficult. Um, and there's a multitude of reasons of that, which I won't go into, but uh, if you have a solid mental model on how to do that, then you can usually pass the test, and then once you start driving, you you alter that model slightly, because you have different ways of doing things um, on the road, and you have different reactions, you might have experiences, sadly, or hopefully not, you may ha- experience Um, minor accidents or even major ones and it might make you more cautious and may input more things into this model of driving but most 99.9% of the time you will tend to keep the same model of driving. So how do we how does this have any benefit to us really? Well we As we kind of get older, or as we're learning, some of us don't necessarily have the right tools to build these mental models. So they think just cramming information into our brains is enough. And hopefully with a bit of luck, you might remember it for things like exams or just working knowledge or educational kind of things. And really, they're not as effective. Because we don't necessarily know how to apply some of that knowledge, so because we don't actually work on our own understanding of them, you know we might sit through school and we might go, "Okay, this is that, this is that, this is how this works, and this is that, and you're like, "Okay, cool, but if you don't put if you don't apply that knowledge or you don't have any reason to apply that knowledge, it might not just be something you don't want to do or can't be bothered to do, you might not have any reason to put the knowledge into place. I learnt um, Pythagoras theorem in school and to this day I still can't remember a single time I've used it since but this is why they say with adult learning especially if we don't know what we're getting out of a learning experience or even more so we have no reason to apply that then we just don't take it in anywhere near as much as if the opposite situation were to happen I believe that's to do with a part of the brain called the hippocampus don't quote me on that not a neuroscientist but um, it's just something I read once and what well, is true I mean if you think about it like you know when you're trying to fix a car and someone gives you a whole load of hocus pocus about you know these different types of engines and stuff and you're like oh that's great and stuff I'm not going to remember you know the date Henry Ford was born all I want to know is how to fix this bloody car so that's what I mean. And it, it sounds obvious when I put it that way, but it's not always obvious when you're sat in a classroom and can't remember why you can't take any of those things in. So that's the first benefit. You're framing the knowledge that's been given to you. Instead of just letting it pass over your head like, oh, I might use that one day, go into any learning experience thinking, right, okay, here's what I want to get out of this. Here's like how I can use that knowledge. So whenever that knowledge comes up, it's being taught, you go, ah, yeah, brilliant, okay, I can use that. And uh, that's kind of the first step to building a healthy and a very, very efficient mental model. The next thing you need to do is learn how to apply that in a situation. Now, this is very important because let's take the example of learning to drive. The reason why people panic on the roads is because they don't, either they have a lack of knowledge or they, they start to panic because situationally they don't know what to do when someone is right behind them up close or someone's overtaking when they shouldn't be or something like that and they don't know what to do so they start making decisions and which are wrong and then they panic so so what you do is you come across a situation and you go okay this is happening if the worst were to happen and someone did decide to do this this is what i do Otherwise, I just keep on doing this. You know, it's almost it's almost like computer programming in a way. Um, in computer science, there's something called an if statement. It's a logical statement, which which is just very basic. It just says, if this happens or if this is detected, then do this action. It's, it's, and it sounds really, really basic. It sounds almost too basic. But what you've got to realize is we don't apply this. We kind of take, like I mentioned earlier, we, we take a lot of this information in and we just hope to remember it, but it's, it's learning how to put it into a situational circumstance, and even in the unfortunate circumstance of a car accident, you know. So if you have a good mental model when it comes to driving, you know that if you have an accident, first thing to do, safety. Check you're okay, check passengers are okay, and then you, if it's safe to do so, exit the vehicle, you speak to the other driver, make sure they're all OK. And then from there, once once you know that's happened, then you can move on. So if that's OK, then you move on to something else. So it is important. And as driving is a crude example, because this is something they usually teach you quite well. And because it is so practical, it is something you naturally apply anyway. But uh, what about things like, you know, the, the economy or things like relationships and trust and how like disorder or decay or death were like, there's all sorts of mental models we can build to understand things. And you will find that as we build mental models and have a proper understanding of how to apply knowledge, then that's when we can start fearing things less. And that's when we can start understanding the world around us in a more sober perspective. Okay, so let's recap so far. So mental models are mostly natural. It's something that happens automatically when we're learning about something, especially as we grow up, that's when most of them happen. But we can enhance and change or even remove those models if you want to. And the steps to enhancing that model is, first of all, getting the right knowledge Uh, knowledge that you can actually apply to a situation and then once you have that knowledge is actually doing the applying you know picking best worst case scenarios for something and learning to kind of reject the other knowledge you don't really need. Now the final step really in building a solid mental model is to really ground it in real life and also to see the big picture. To explain exactly what I mean by that I'll give you another example. So let's pick job interviews. Now these are naturally scary, you know, you you're in the spotlight, you're being grilled about your professional life and your decision-making skills, etc. So most of us already have kind of a mental model on job interviewing, you know, we dress well, we maintain eye contact, we have a firm handshake, things like that, and then we just rehearse things like strengths or weaknesses and uh, where do you see yourself in 5 years time? You know, we do our research and things like that. And that's kind of like a that is essentially applying our knowledge in our mental model of how to handle a job interview. But like all mental models, um, they can always be changed. They can be enhanced. They can be reduced. But I always wondered, actually, I was like, why are we always scared for job interviews? Surely we should be going in there and seeing what they can do for us as well. And this is exactly what I read about quite a number of times from some successful CEOs and entrepreneurs, is that you should never go into an interview just going, oh, you know, I better make sure my answers are right cause so this company gets what they want out of me. It's a two-way street, an interview, because on one end, there's the company saying, okay, this is what we expect of an employee. But on the other side, you should be going into there going, watch. Can they do for me? What can this company do for me that will better my life and will help me grow, etc., etc.? So it's a two it's a two way thing, and you'll notice that if you add that to your model, if you haven't already, of job interviewing, you will find you'll be a lot more confident going into that interview because at the same time, it's 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 an exchange. You know, it's the same. They're they're asking you what what's your history, what's your experience. Um, why should we take you over the other candidates? At the same time, don't directly ask this, but usually you you'll be going, why should I pick you as a company over everything else? And you can ask questions that are similar to that. In terms says, okay, so what do you do for your employees? What are the perks and benefits? And just by adding that to this mental model of job interviewing, you, you might notice your perspective changes a little bit because that's what seeing the big picture is. You know, you, when if you have a mental model for job interviewing that is quite, quite, well, narrow, should I say, uh, respectfully, Um, it's very easy to be worried about that because you feel like everything's on you and you have to put on the best thing and everything like that. But it's, no, you know, this might not be the right company for you. You know, I'm sure everyone's been in job interviews where they've just met the managers or been in the workplace and you just feel odd. You just feel like, no, I do not want to work here. But you got to be very careful because I'm going to go on to now where mental models can go a little bit wrong or can actually stand in your way. So that's that's it. It's about seeing that bigger picture. And for job interviews, you've got the knowledge. You apply those those uh, knowledge pieces to better your interviewing, and then you're getting that bigger picture of you know this is a two-way exchange. It can be, you can be very um, narrow-minded in thinking it's all about the company and what they want and you should submit to that but no it's it's a two two two-way street so just opening that perspective and sometimes it's not always obvious you know there there are things that you've been doing a you've been doing something a certain way for years and all of a sudden you read an article or someone tells you about how they do something and you go ah and then you add you enhance that model you've already got to make it better So that's all about handling mental models and enhancing them, sorry, and just just building them in general and how they work. It's all about those steps. And you carry these models around in your mind all the time to help you interpret the world. So like, for example, for the economy, you could use the mental model of supply and demand, understanding how that works and how you can use that. Uh, Things like entropy is used for things like disorder and game theory for relationships and trust things like that i mean you can look into all of these yourselves and also this is why a lot of people read blogs and listen to podcasts hey and uh, because it just might give you an insight that you may not have thought of before you know you learn from everybody so it's about just building those and maintaining them, really, and then always being open-minded. That's why they say that it's important to be open-minded, because you can just take something and add it to your models. So now let's talk about the downsides and what really to be careful of. So mental, mental models, as much as they're useful, no single mental model will explain everything. And again, might be obvious when you think about it, but it's not always. And they're imperfect. They're very, very useful, but they, they are just... They're flawed, really, because they are based on ideas, based on experiences and filters and things like that. Now, filters is what I'm going to talk about. So, again, a very common analogy uh, that psychologists and therapists use for seeing life through a filter is that when you're born, you put on a pair of clear glasses, like ordinary glasses. Now, every experience you have, there's a filter that goes on the lens of a different colour Um, And you you start to see the world differently. And then when you have another experience, that also puts another lens on. So over time, that builds and builds. And then you have your own unique filter on how you see the world. Which, in one way, can be great. But what I'm going to talk about is ways that it's not good. Now, let's say you have been brought up by parents who are quite racist. And these parents of yours inflict... These views upon you quite regularly, then they make you believe uh, people of a certain race, color, what have you, are inferior to yourselves. You know, in in psychology, they call that in-group, out-group categorization, which is a whole other thing for another podcast. But back on track. Um, so chances are, if you have parents who are racist and really try and solidify those views on you. Um, chances are you will grow up with that model, believing that these particular people they're against are inferior to yourself. So this is this is a limited view because this is just based on a couple of people's opinions. You know they they they've grown up a certain way, which might have been from their parents or they had an experience which is sadly misguided, and then they teach their children that, and then of course they that's the new normal for them. So you can see that's an obvious example of how that can be dangerous because then if you if people stick to that and don't change it or don't or p- people can be quite stubborn with their own mental models that's when it's a problem now have you ever noticed when you have confronted somebody about something and you've been every right you've been in your rights to do so you know someone's not doing something right or that you don't like the way someone's acting towards you or other people or just in general have you ever seen it when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they just explode and they just turn everything on you, and they insult you with the worst things. And you just think, "Oh, where did that come from? Like, I didn't deserve that." Like, and then you start thinking, "Oh, they're they're more they're more horrible than I thought they were in the first place." What happens there is it's an attack, you know. When when people are quite stubborn when it comes to their worldviews, um, and then someone challenges that, it's it's from what I've seen, it's it's processed in the same way as an actual attack or a danger. You must repel that. Ah, no, that's not good. I need to repel that with all the force I have kind of thing. And it comes in varying degrees. Some, some just normal human behaviour and some quite horrifying. But mental models are truly bad when they're not only misguided in a negative way, it's when they're quite stubborn and they're quite stuck in their ways. Now, it's not you know, impossible to change that. But more often than not, especially if it's something imprinted since childhood, um, that could be a problem. Now, that's probably the most extreme version of mental modelling. You know, it can, it's it's not the you know be all end all of explanations as to why things like racism and violence happen. Of course, it isn't. I mean, again, no mental model explains everything, uh, and we we carry we carry around a lot of mental models in our life. But the important thing here is to recognise these. Um, these models. And sometimes they're not as obvious, they're a little bit more subtle. For example, you may use junk food very regularly as a way of coping with negative emotions. Now, that's a type of mental model that, I mean, that that comes into all sorts of other categories as well. Um, and it's, it's very normal for every now and again, we, we treat ourselves, you know, it's completely fine, it's totally normal. But I'm talking about um, the type of behaviour that makes you feel worse and worse and affects your health to the point where it just becomes this cycle. You know, and that's another type of model that's that's not good. It's it's when it becomes this 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 cycle, you know, as people who, you know, they they eat the junk food and then that makes them feel worse, so they get more junk food and it just comes in a circle. And again, that's part of that not seeing the bigger picture. You have to really ask yourself with any mental model, what benefit does this actually have to me? Is this just a temporary fix or is this making my life worse, you know? Because again, as I'm I'm talking as someone as well who used to be who used to eat junk food a lot, you know, a lot. And that was my way of dealing with things. Like I, I'd just be like, I'd have these I'd have problems I need to deal with, but then I'd be like, well, I know I've got this amazing pizza coming up, so I'm kind of just forgetting about them. And sometimes you do need to distract yourself from bad things happening if there's nothing you can do about them. But the problem is is when these models are ingrained in your life to the point where it just makes it worse and worse and worse and progressively worse. So how do we get out of these things? so like like I mentioned the first example of like racism that's a worldview. when a certain worldview dominates your thinking you'll try to explain every problem you face through that worldview and you'll notice that as well you know you you may meet people who are a bit of a quote unquote downer um, they, there's a number of reasons for that. it could be a serious thing it could be like depression or something like that uh, or it could just be sim- simply be, a mental model that they have that they just filter absolutely everything through. Oh, you know that's what pe- where, that's where pessimism and optimism comes from. It's the, it's a the filter. It's a way of dealing with things like oh, I don't want to go out. It's only going to rain. Or oh, this is this is good. This relationship's good for a while, but it's only going to fail. You're only going to find someone better. You see? Do you see these little toxic things that start to build up and start and they're just implanted? And you can uproot them. And the first thing is, is to see the bigger picture. It's just to go is this really helping me and that is harder than it seems because when it's become habitual you know breaking out of that is hard it takes effort and the perfect example of breaking out of a bad mental model to another to a good one is exercise so let's use that example of junk food again you've you've had enough of junk food you've you've seen the bigger picture and you said you know what i'm unhappy with how my body looks i hate having no energy all the time i hate being snappy and i hate doing these things. So you that builds up enough for you to make that firm decision that it's over. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to improve. You know, I'm going to make my life better. So you do research and you get, again, starting the mon- mental model process. Sorry, uh, You get the knowledge you need, you learn how to apply it, and then you go and do that and you build that new habit and see that big picture. So you start using the gym and it is really hard because you'll be starved. you'll be starving because you, you, you're on a diet or something and you just you just want that pizza that you're so used to having. And if you just have that pizza all the problems will go away. But you stick to it because you know in a big picture sense that there's nothing good gonna be coming out of that. All it's gonna do is ruin that progress. And it's not always going to be perfect. You are gonna have times, especially when, you know, when it comes to health where you are just going to fall for that treat sometimes or you're just going to skip a workout some days it happens to everybody and it happens to even the top bodybuilders and athletes you know that there are days where you just cannot do it as much but the key thing is here that part of their model is that they just keep trying no matter what they set they set small achievable goals that give them that little reward um basis in their heads and they just keep going. And before they know it, they've solidified this mental model because they've applied it and they've done it over and over again. Oh, if I feel a craving for junk food, I'm going to get some rivita and peanut butter out and I'm going to do it that way. Oh, I'm going to have a protein shake or something like that. They've got, you build ways through experience of dealing with things and you learn how to practically apply that to whatever you are doing. So that's one minor example of quite a lot of mental models you could potentially build. So where do you start? And like I always say in this podcast, the answer to that is, what do you want? What do you want? And not in a notebook way, (laughs) but um, what's important to you? What is your priorities? And sometimes you might not even know, but just keep that idea in your head. Always ask yourself, what is it that you really want to do? And it takes a while. But then once you kind of have an inkling, that's where you start, you know, and when I say what do you want, that also means what do you not want? Because sometimes going that way can also just help you discover what you do want. So let's say, again, we'll go back to the junk food example. Uh, I'm eating junk food and let's say you are trying to pass a driving test at the same time or you want to pass this and I want to get good at job interviewing, things like that. There you go. You've got what you want. Write them down. Journal. You can do journaling every day. You can meditate on them. Whatever you need to do to really cement in your head what you want and then you take that firm decision that you want to do that and then you start setting your small goals and then being aware of mental models and seeing how they're good how they can harm you and just being aware of what models you currently have like you know and it is hard to look at strengths and weaknesses you know you don't we all have insecurities and we don't always want to remit them to ourselves but um you kind of have to, I think, if you... And, and and it's worth it, you know. It's You have every right and you deserve to know what you can change. And it sounds strange to say that, but when you really be honest with yourself about what you're insecure about or what your weaknesses are and, and everybody has them and that's what you got to remember here. Every single person on this planet Earth has some kind of weakness and whether it be millions of them or hundreds of them it doesn't matter but the point is you start on that and you go okay like for example you might not have a lot of confidence and that's absolutely fine. There's nothing Wrong with not having a lot of confidence. But if you want to build confidence, then you go, okay, and then you research and you look into how to build that and you take action. You build a mental model saying, okay, I want to build confidence. This is how I'm going to do it. If that happens, that's then I'm going to do this. And you'll actually find, ironically, your confidence builds as you start to make a bit of a mental model about everything. So... So yeah, that's um that's that's the end of today's podcast. So mental models you can search there's plenty of actually books that are based around mental models and training your brain to think in new ways. Um if you want to go further than just self-help and learn to really enhance your life and it's a decision you want to make, then it's there's plenty out there, plenty of resources. I might link some down in the description. Um, and I will I will remember this to do that this time <laughs> and uh, yeah, so again, just be aware of what models you have. be aware how you can what you can do about them based on what you want. Thanks again for listening um, this will be released ASAP. not that you need to know that, but for some reason I like to say it every single time and uh, we try I try to release these episodes every Tuesday and every Friday. Uh, so stay tuned for Tuesday. that's when the next one will come out. Thanks very much for listening. take care and bye bye. Thank you for tuning in. Please visit the website theselfhelpplace.com for more information.